Are we clapping? Yeah. We're always clapping. Three, two, one. I heard the delay. Hello, there. hello. Oh, Don't talk, sorry. Bianca, every time. <laughs> Go again, every Drew. Every single time. Just cut off right before. Okay. No. No, no, we can't. It's a routine. Right. <laughs> you ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my good mate, Phil, our wonderful regular Bianca. Uh, unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He's actually gone undercover at the GW Zoo. Anyway, on with the show. How are we, team? We're doing well. Bianca, you? How are you? What's what's new? How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm surviving. I'm alone in That's the, the world. That's but the I'll way. try with you guys. Aww. Yeah. See, we saved the day. Now, um, obviously this episode is, as we spoke about last week, it is about going to be all about uh, the DW Zoo, and it's going to be about Joe Exotic, of course, because of the Netflix the television series. Yeah, the, the documentary series, um, Tiger King. Uh, and uh, But before we get to that, you, you interrupt us. As we hit record, we're, we're discussing, actually... Um, Pyramid schemes. Now, Drew, you were about yes. to tell Bianca and I about <laughs> pyramid schemes and how they actually work. And I mean, we, we get the gist, but but we want we want to hear an explanation as if we're children. So please, you've got okay. So you got the basic idea. Um, look, I, I'm I'm going to give the the basic description of it because that is the easiest way to explain it, and it's the easiest way to get your head around the concept. Uh, a pyramid scheme functions on the idea that you join a business and there is a person that signs up under you or several people that sign up under you. They will then sell product. They will also sign people up under them. As you can see, it's beginning to start forming the pyramid. So you'll have one person at the top and they'll have a couple under them and each person has a couple under them and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. When you're, when you're functioning this as a business selling products, each person who is a member of the business can sell whatever the product is to people and they will make whatever the profit is on the, on the product. So let's, let's say an item costs $10 to the consumer. You sell the item for $10 to them, but then a portion of the money goes back to the business a portion goes to you, and then a portion goes to your upline. So whoever you're under, they get a portion of that profit as well. Let's say, for example... Does that make sense? Yes, but let's say, for example... Yeah. Let's say it gets to the point where an entire country is signed up. Let's just say, for example... Like, say Australia. Yep. yep. Say every single person in Australia is signed up under someone else... And there's those unfortunate yep. few that are very at the very bottom of the thing. Who yep. who is not part of this pyramid scheme is going to be able to buy the product because I don't think anyone within the line would want to buy something which is cheating them out of their money because they know exactly how the business works and they know how much they're getting ripped well, off by buying it. Well, this is why um, around the mid to late 80s and early 90s, pyramid schemes came under a lot of criticism because they were becoming quite the hot topic and a lot of people were taking part in it and it was causing this problem because people were figuring out, oh, crap, like we can't sign up too many more people. We've signed up everyone in the neighborhood. How do we then get money out of it? So they were yeah. figuring out ways to buy and sell off each other to keep the money flowing in. Right. Isn't that like the perfect like, like they, way like to they money would, launder? They would, yeah, yeah, it is because you would buy as a non-member, and then the profit would just direct back in, and because um, in many instances these businesses operate on selling products that need to be regularly bought, like household items, um, food, groceries or even, you know, uh, cleaning products, or even there's there's now a market for it for essential oils. And it 
it works on on that basis that profit portioning gets rotated around and it, que- the idea questions. is the, the more people yeah yeah no question okay yeah. let's say this is my sole income and i'm getting let's let's say something costs 10 dollars yeah something that i yep. need costs 10 dollars but my what i'm getting from people in my line and whatever below people below me that are money trickling in and what i'm selling i'm only mm. making $5 how do i afford to why would i spend my money on something that costs more than i've made from the things oh, so therefore i, I wouldn't that. i wouldn't buy into the program as in as a as a consumer i wouldn't buy something from it even if i was in the program if what it costs yeah. is less than what i'm making from me being part of the program I can kind of answer that because it's the definition of a pyramid. So you're selling to 10, you buy from one person to sell to 10 people. You're selling it at a profit and then those 10 people are on selling it to their 10 people and you're making money off their sales as well as your own. But what what if, but the the pyramid scheme works best... The pyramid scheme works best if everyone's signed up to the program rather than selling the product. You need you need a balance of the two. Yeah. You need right. to have a healthy downline for it to work. You you really you need a healthy downline for it to work, but at the same time you do need to be actively selling products as well. That's why uh, let's use Tupperware as a good example, right? <laughs> yeah, you know the the infamous Tupperware parties. Yep. The Tupperware party serves two purposes. It serves to sign people up to the business, but it also serves to sell product because a lot of people will want to buy the product without signing up and they'll be prepared to pay whatever the full price is. So you want to have that mix. You do Mm. want to have people that are joining up under you, but you still need to have... You still need to sell outside the pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only way that it's sustainable. Does it... Do pyramid schemes, and I'm not talking talking about the people at the top who it obviously is working for because they are the top of the line, so therefore they're the top of the pyramid. Yeah, of course. So therefore they're getting the profits yeah. regardless. I'm talking about for the normal folk, does it actually work or does it just be perceived to work? As in, the profit, is it worth um, you being a part of? Honestly, is it part of, do you actually win from it? Or is it exactly the, yeah. the, the problem and it's a scam? As in a pyramid scheme scam? It's, okay, okay. Okay, so nine times out of ten, I, I would not call it a scam. Where, the degree of success, though, varies, and there are a number of factors involved in that. It's got to be about whether or not the product you have is a viable product for people. Mm-hmm. And then it also comes down to the individual and what they're like with networking and the the circles that they surround themselves in what their status is within their social circle i'll give you a really good example um there is a um there is a direct selling network um that has a former football player in it matt rogers Mm -hmm. right he and his wife have been a part of it for a few years they've made quite a success of it but that success has obviously come from the fact that they are quite well known themselves and have been able to use their influential status to transfer that onto the on onto the people in their circle so of course you know their their friends their family their friends of friends would all want to go oh well look they they're quite a well known figure and they're taking part in it then surely i should too so it, it it only seems to be working on the basis that because it he's, works on the basis he, that you are you are yeah well okay for him it works because he's a name right for the for the everyday person it hangs on your ability to network and yeah. your ability with people to be a good people person it's it's interesting it be, I, I think it shows a lot about what people are like and mm-hmm. and what people are like in social situations and i think it's very tricky because it's it's very dangerous because if you are taking part in a business 
you are encouraged to show this business to your family, your friends, and try to get them on board with it. Like a cult. And like a cult. <laughs> like exactly. No, no, it's no, no, it is. It is exactly like a cult. It is. It, 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 but so many things are. I have a question so for you, Drew. So many things are. Yes. Another question for you. Um, yes. Taking the example of someone that we, that I used to work with, that I used to work with, um, yes, who was using the place that we worked at as a way of promoting it. <laughs> Do yep, you yep, think yep. that that is one, um, a a an acceptable means of of, no. of on selling? No, I don't. And I think do don't shit think it's where grossly you grossly unethical. Exactly. I, okay, yeah. good, good. I'm um, glad you said grossly that. Grossly unethical. And do you I, think I it's worth it? I disagree with it. Uh, no, no, I don't. Because um, <laughs> partly because so. I think I've I've actually ruined it for a few people there. Because <laughs> I've exposed now bits I, and pieces. Now I, of this. I will <laughs> always. Sorry, Bianca. Yes, go on. I was going to say, like, I know someone who I went to school with when I went to another school. Um, yeah. who, when we just left high school, constantly was posting about his pyramid scheme and we all knew it was a pyramid scheme and we'd all joke around like such and such is involved yep. with pyramid schemes. But, um, yep. yeah, he's also really stinking rich now. So I think it worked yeah. out for him. Um, cause he yeah. jets like, oh, he doesn't work anymore. He just travels around the world doing this look it's like it's like bitcoin and and anything else like that where if you know how to work it you can i know a number of people in pyramid schemes or not pyramid schemes as they have tried to these particular businesses have tried to slightly reshape their model so they no longer fall in the category but i, I know a number of people who simply don't work because they have made this work so well they have chosen their downline out of like-minded people who who have the similar ability to be able to form a good downline under them. If you get enough people In your around downline? you and... Okay, so if you're good at networking and you get someone in your downline, someone to sign up under you, who's also good at networking, and they get three people under them that are good at networking and so on and so forth this can pay off really well for you. Especially you get if their profits and then they get... You get their profits exactly. plus the profits of everyone underneath them. But so you need to make sure that you have yeah. people that are good at selling. Otherwise, it's but pointless. It's, but, but it's also... It's not even... It's also not just selling because if you have a downline that goes and makes a purchase in the business for themselves, let's say person under you goes and buys cleaning product a portion of their of the profit from that purchase goes to you, the upline. So if they're going and doing a household shop, let's say groceries or whatever, if they go do a, a household shop, which they would do every fortnight, a portion of that will go to you. And if they've got three people under them doing it, then they're going to get a portion of that, and so are you, because you're getting the portion of profit from your downline and their downline and their downline and so on and so forth. It trickles down. So you're constantly... It's it's like collecting royalties for something. Like, you're, it's always going to be coming in. Amounts will be different each time. It's very hard to get it at a stable figure. They try to give you brackets about what bracket you fall into if you earn a certain amount of money in the month. I, th I think they do it monthly. Um, for, the, for those of you out there, I'm the, the number one I'm using as an example here is Amway, which is the largest direct selling business in the USA, if, if not the world. It is massive. It it, uh, I, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, most households in the US have Amway products, whether whether they're members or not. Amway spans a number of different things. Predominantly, they are known for their cleaning products, but they have branched out over several decades. Amway's about um, about eighty years old now, I think. They've been they've been around a very they long were time. Ahead of the, um, the but 
head of the game. They, they were, they were, they they were, and they they've got cleaning products. They've got other subsidiaries that are part of them. So they have an energy range for energy drinks and energy bars. They have costume jewelry. They have makeup. They have. Um, uh, uh, weight loss programs and health and fitness programs in them they've got a bit of everything and i think that's part of what helps keep them running the the fact that they are so diverse so there is literally something for everyone they are covering all bases there but then you've got other ones you've got tupperware you've got avon nutramedics they are all uh pyramid schemed direct selling businesses question Mm-hmm. Yep. If if let's say again, this goes all the way back up to the very top of the pyramid. The the people that run the company, basically. Yep. Um. Does that not mean that from let again, let's say something costs ten dollars, for example. Does that not mean that you'll only get a one cent cut, for example? Because this thing has to be diluted so far up a line. It could be hundreds of people above you to get to the top. Therefore, this thing will be so diluted that you will get like one cent of profit from something not uh, oh like the people at the very top sure no 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 but i mean i mean i mean like me let's say there were let's say i had let's say i had 10 people below me and i had 100 people above me does that mean or 99 people above me does that mean that as in, as in, as in and, and by that I mean as in the person, the direct line of the person hiring or, or signing up the next yeah. person, signing up the next person, signing up the next person, signing up me then, does that mean yeah. that my cut of whatever the, one of the people that I have below me, someone below me buys something or sells something, that profit that they have gets cut between them, me, and the 99 people above me, therefore I'm only going to get like a cent of it. No. Why? So Why is it not cut between... Because if everyone's getting a profit from the lowest person buying something, if everyone's getting a profit up from everyone above the person that's bought something, why can it not get diluted to the point where you're making literally nothing? Because if you're um, the 99th person up, that means you have enough traction below you to have 100 levels. You're not going to just have that one person who has one person who has one person who has one person because no, no, that's but not you, profitable. But, no, but, but, you, but, you, but from that one arm of it, that one branch that goes down, you're only making one cent from that profit all the way at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So you're making one cent from that thing and then you'll make one cent from another one. So your hope is, though, that you have enough reach and enough people then that are branching out further and further that but, you one cent he- from each person equals more. You got to think of it. The reason why pyramid schemes collapse is because they don't have enough people to sustain the people at the tops, at the top. So yeah. it, what it is is, um, am I thinking of Fibonacci sequences? I don't know, but it's like one, one, two, three, five. Yeah. yeah so it's like I, it, it, I yeah, have, it, it is I have ten people underneath me, and each of those ten people have ten people, and each of those ten people have ten people. And each of those 10 people have 10 people. So yes, I may be getting one cent, but... But times that by the number of... Times that by the... Mm. Yeah, and it's a lot. It's 10 mm. by 10 by 10 by 10. So... Right. You've got to, you've got to know how to work the system. And and it, it really is about networking. They talk so much in these things about networking. And it all comes down to that. The products, regardless of what it is, the products are going to be the products. But if you know how to sell it and how to sell the business to people, because it's not just selling the products, it's selling the business plan. You've got to be able to present the business plan. You've got to be able to sell the business plan so that someone else can then go on and sell the business plan to someone else. I think that my... I don't think I'd ever be able to be a part of it because I think that my... my morals would get in the way of being like i i that's I, the trouble i have yeah with i don't think that i'd be able to sign i don't think i'd be able to be able to be signed up to it and then go to someone again taking the person that we work with work that i worked yep. with for example yeah um i yep. don't think i'd be able to then go on to someone and hide 
like do the sales spiel but hide the relevant facts like for example it's, declaringly it, obvious it, it's a pyramid scheme I, I, I was never able like i've i've done it like, in case i haven't made that perfectly clear i've done it um i've been a member of this stuff and i've done it it is bloody hard to to sell the business to someone without without being upfront about what it is and how it functions there are clever ways of phrasing it but at the end of the day I, th I think being transparent about it is the best way to Absolutely. go Absolutely. So I don't know if I'd be able to ever it's... do it without without being like, yes, it's a pyramid scheme, but let me tell you why. I mean, I don't see why there's not an issue with saying there's a pyramid, it's a pyramid scheme, but let me explain explain to you why. I would, I would never say, but. I would, I would just go, this is what it is. Um, legally, they do not class it as a pyramid scheme. Looking at the picture, it looks like one, and I would take it as that. That said this is what you can do with it this is what you can gain out of it whether or not it's for you is a whole other ball game. I, I will it's always, like religion yeah I, again it's a cult i will always look at say uh, that there's a clip from the office the u.s version of the office where um michael scott the boss is in there talking to everyone and going okay this is what i think that you guys should sign up to this thing it's something that i'm doing on the side it's really interesting that's and right then jim just goes <laughs> put his hand up and goes how is this not a pyramid scheme to which michael goes no 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 it's not a pyramid scheme and he gets, goes over to the whiteboard and he starts making lines and saying, I get talk to you guys and hire you guys. You guys hire more people and put more lines on the board. And then Jim just gets up, takes the pen and draws a massive triangle around it and then goes, <laughs> yep. and then Michael just walks off out of the office. Um, yep. Pyramid schemes. Interesting things. Uh, do we have any other, final, Very. any other final points on it before we move on? Anyone? Bianca? Drew? No, I'm good. Uh, if anyone's interested in uh, signing up, please feel free to call us. No. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm good i i you know you know what for me it is it's not just that it's it's not just that it's dodgy it's just that it's too much effort i don't want to yes. go talk to people it's no it's it's like a full-time job and it's just it's not like i um look honestly like like i'm i'm happy being members of these um of some of these things purely for the sake of buying the products because i like the products and i would rather pay my membership and get the products at a, a lower rate. Mm -hmm. um, much like Costco, actually. Very, very much like Costco. I, I would rather, because I would make the membership back pretty quickly. Um, Fun fact, Drew, I've but, never been inside, of, never been inside yes. of Costco. Neither have I. Guess where we're going when you get home. I don't even know what the inside looks like, honestly. I just picture The Simpsons. Just giant, giant warehouse. Okay. Imagine the Ikea warehouse on steroids. It's like okay. that. Kind of like Bunnings. Yeah. Okay. Mm. But yeah, um, look, I'd, I'd happily be a, be a member of these things to get products, but I don't think I could ever drive that business. It, it'd be bloody... Like, I've had a crack at that stuff when I was 18, and it was so damn hard. Yeah, I can imagine. And I'm, I'm good with talking to people. It's just... Like you said, it's an ethical yeah. dilemma. Like something and that work. bothered me. Yeah, that bothered me more than anything else. Um, good. That clears that up. That clears that up a lot. Bianca? Philip. A couple of weeks ago, you suggested to me that I watch this show on Netflix because it's completely crazy. Now, it looked a bit um, crazy and a little bit stressful, um, but I took your advice and I started watching it. I mean, the way you were describing it to us, you, you described it as... It is completely chaos, and you don't understand that this thing can keep getting more and more chaotic, and it can keep unfolding <laughs> with each episode, and it just keeps going, and you don't realize just how messed up it can get, but it just keeps going. So, during lockdown, Sarah and I went and watched it, and ended up watching it in one night, and uh, that was it. We were in love with it, and it was fantastic, and it was chaotic, and it was Tiger King. It was Tiger King. Woo! It is the most dramatic show on Netflix ever. Drew. Philip. It, I, I would it, it is the most dramatic show on Netflix ever. <clears throat> now, Drew, yes. you, you were then suggested that you watch I it. I was. And it took a little while, and you said it's on my list. It's a on week my list. ago on this and, show, um, it was suggested. Exactly. And you said, okay, as soon as I'm finished here, I'm going to watch it. And, and then you started sending us messages after we recorded, because you started watching it. Uh, and you... Yes could not believe the chaos of it and you're only on episode one 
and then you were on episode two, and then you watched episode three, when you were supposed to only watch one episode before you went to bed. Uh, yes, I'm, um, um, I, I'm just dr- dropping back to the, to the chat. Um, can I just was... mention some comments? Yes. Yes. So, um, firstly, hold on. Where was the one, the Carol Baskin that I just went? Carol Baskin makes my skin crawl yep. from Drew. Yep. Um, <laughs> that was at one twenty-two in the morning. And then yep. at 2.01. Um, oh my, wait, no, wait. This is from a bit earlier. This is at 12.39. Oh my God, he sings. <laughs> he, he doesn't though. Someone he else doesn't. For him. He's not singing. Did you know? Did you know? I just, I, I was just <laughs> reading about it then. Uh, there's a pedestrian article or was it BuzzFeed or something? Some terrible kind of shitty kind of Some news-based thing loosely. Yep. Yeah. Um, they, they, had a, they had a story up being like, Oh my god, this will blow your mind. It's not Joe Exotic singing. And I was like... Yeah, of course it's not him did singing. anyone believe... Wait, someone actually believed that it was him singing? The whole point of it being so weird is that he doesn't sing. That's the weird thing about it. No, additionally, the voice is so deep and masculine. It's and nothing Joe like Exotic's that. Nothing, voice is nothing like, like the country ah, bumpkin. Ah. <laughs> yeah, like, no one... I don't, I don't understand how anyone believed that he did. But again, that is is readers and um, followers of Pedestrian or BuzzFeed oh, or whatever it was. So it doesn't. I think I saw it. I think that was a BuzzFeed one. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Wait, hold on. And this one's my other favorite one that Drew said. No wonder Charlie Sheen had no trouble sourcing out Tiger's blood because yeah. of the, <laughs> yeah. the amount of tigers in America. That was just insane. It's true. I liked your response to the singing to the singing one. Oh my sweet summer child, if that were all. <laughs> Yeah, so the way I basically <laughs> described it to um, Phil and our good friends Carmen and Audrey and uh, Jordan yeah. was basically, if you think you know what's happening, you genuinely don't. Um, you've yes, got no clue what's that. going on. It's like sucker punch. And every, every time you think you've got a grasp of what's going on, then you get to the next episode and you're like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? I love that the and true intention... Was... yeah. I think that was most apparent to me was I was kind of watching, I was doing the classic thing of I'm going to be on my laptop and watching a Netflix documentary. And I was watching the first two episodes and I was like (laughs) half paying attention. And I was like, no, I was paying attention because just things were happening. And I was like, wow, that's weird. And then again, no, that that's really weird. And then, and then, and then all of a sudden episode three came on and it's like Carol Baskin murdered her husband. And I just remember, and I haven't done this in years. I shut my laptop put it aside and I just sat down with a cup of tea and just focused squarely on the TV. I'm like, what is happening? And then what I think amazing. is, it just got wilder no, and wilder. Continue. It just got wilder and wilder. Yeah. From there. Yeah. And I think that, I think what, what's most amazing about this whole thing is the fact that, um, so there's this guy called Joe exotic and he is absolutely wild. And I don't think I've seen for some reason, just how fucked up he is makes it seem okay that he's this fucked up in so many ways. But but the strangest thing about it is the fact that then there's a relatively normal person alongside him who is Carol Baskin, yet because she seems so relatively normal, it makes her look like the biggest weirdo on the show. Like, make, Joe seems just like, yeah, Joe's just a strange guy. But Carol Bas- Baskin seems so normal... But then there's this, did she kill her husband but kind does of thing. She and so everyone's She seems like a cat lady that's gone to the next level. Like she's she evolved. Seems like, she seems like she seems like the same sort of character as what Lots of Huggin' Bear is in Toy Story Three. Yes. Um yeah. the same sort of character as what um Stinky Pete does in Toy Story Two. I'm trying to think of other examples besides Toy Story, Toy Story but but besides, like, but you know that really nice, friendly person. But they are pure evil underneath, and their whole persona is, "I'm friendly and happy," but that makes them worse. Um, and look, I don't think Harold Baskin is actually particularly normal. I think, in context, alongside Joe Exotic, she seems more normal. And like you know, the way she passes things off, and you know, her her whole kind of. Her, her her game and what what her end goal is and what her strategy is seems a lot more genuine but because it seems more genuine 
she's part of this show where everyone is completely psycho, so she can't be. So therefore, she's the kingpin, kingpin psycho. She is the top psycho can we, person. On can the we show. clarify our, our beliefs strange. very quickly? Do we believe, yes or no, that she killed her husband? Carol yes, Baskin killed, killed her, her husband. A hundred percent. It's up there with him. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, and Carol Baskin killed her husband. Those are the two statements Absolutely. of the last, like last twelve months. Yep. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, I, I was going to say, I, I got, I, um, so I was looking it up and yep. Louis Thoreau saw Carol Baskin, uh, not Carol Baskin, uh, Louis Thoreau saw Joe, Joe Exotic. Exotic years ago, yep. was in a documentary with him and he's written a uh, article on the mm-hmm. Independent, I think, the Times, UK. Um, and one of the lines that he says in it, and I highlighted it, it's, it's just about why those he had so many husbands. Like I was talking about like last week how he had six husbands, but he actually only had five. But that's yeah. still a lot of husbands. Yeah, that's still a lot and, of husbands. Ridiculous. Um, Louis Thoreau says, Joe's emotional fr- uh, frailties combined with his flamboyance may also help explain his apparent romantic success. In The Tiger King, we see him married to two much younger, bo- younger men, both quite good looking, though one of them, John Finley is somewhat lacking in teeth. When I knew Joe, he was also in a three-way domestic arrangement with John and a different third person, Paul, who was also in his twenties. In the film, we only made a brief mention of Joe's love life in a scene in Joe's kitchen in which he explained regarding jealousy, that lovemaking only happened when all three of them were involved because it's awesome that way. And then he goes on to talk about, yeah, I know. But then he goes on to talk about how um, it was hard to dislike the man himself, maybe because he seemed neither to be hiding many of his misdeeds nor to take himself too seriously, not to mention that his emotional volatility, laughter, tears, kindness, paranoia in all quick succession inclined me to be a little protective of him. So he talks about basically how Joe was quite um, enigmatic and, you know, Louis genuinely liked him, and I. Yeah, yeah, he. Yeah. And the, but you, but you see that on the show, despite the fact that he's a total psycho, you kind of forgive him for that because he just seems like he's. He's innocent. got charisma. Like he just seems like, he seems like a harmless kind of fool. Yeah. But, but that's why, and f- you, you again, you feel follow up question to mm. Carol: Did Carol Baskin kill her husband? Yeah. Did Joe Exotic really plan the murder? Like, no. plan an assassination? No. No, I don't think he did. No. I, I think Jeff Lowe... Yep. What, what's the... I think Jeff Lowe organised it. What was the guy who was on the... Um, the guy that looks like um, John Locke. Oh, no, the other one, the jet ski guy. John Locke. He does! The, 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 the would-be assassin looks like John Locke. He looks like John Locke. It was annoying me Locke. the whole time. Um, no. Jet Ski Guy, what was his name? I can't remember. Anyway, the ginger. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> he, I think him, because he was working for the FBI at the time when, and he told Jeff Lowe that he was working for the FBI. And I think that gave Jeff, who wanted to get rid of um, Joe at that time, like by that point he'd grown tired of Joe. I think that they conspired to set him up to pay to get an assassin but the assassination was never going to happen obviously the assassination was going to never going to happen that guy could not assassinate a fly i don't think no so like (laughs) yeah i think they set him up and then a hundred percent they set him up records they all mention how jeff rowe just randomly records things like that's odd yeah he, he uh, yeah. it, th- there is there is there is no there is no doubt that that yeah I, I have no doubt that I that that Jeff Jeff Lowe yep. Jeff Lowe yep. set up um, Joe Exotic absolutely mm. I think that Joe Exotic gets away with being such an absolute psychopath because he's so innocent in his psychopath like he says a lot of things which um it's a bit like if a child says a lot of bad things you you, you try not to. You try to stop them saying that, but really they're a kid. They're harmless. 
I think it is a little bit dangerous if Joe gets a bit of an audience or if he has a bit of an audience and he's going around saying really nasty things and being really violent towards Carol Baskin. I think that that is a risk, no doubt. But I still think Joe Exotic on his own is quite harmless. Um, I mm. do think that Carol Baskin's issue is that because she comes across as so normal and her idea is to come across as so normal, it makes us believe that she's hiding so much. Unlike Joe, where everything is on the table, for Carol Baskin, everything is under the table. You have no idea what she's really like and what the real Carol Baskin is, um, or who the real Carol Baskin is. And therefore, we believe that she's so evil because we we don't trust her. You know, it's kind of like... Um, if Joe and Carol were in the room, you would have no problem taking your eyes off Joe because you'd know that he's doing something stupid, but it's probably pretty harmless, let's be honest. Despite the fact that he owns so many tigers and it's chaotic, yeah. he still is quite tame in what he's probably capable tame of. Tiger. So you'd have no problem taking your eyes off of Joe and just watching Carol the whole time to watch her every move, see if she's going to pick something up, see if she's going to hide anything, see if she's going to be quiet or move around or anything you'll keep your eyes on her because she's the risk because she's the unknown and that's the fear and that's again the, the kind of juxtaposition between someone so out like kind of outlandish and over the top crazy mm. versus someone so calm and sedate compared to or with with carol baskin that seems more risky because it's unknown interestingly you don't know what either of them are going to do next no true you don't but with Joe, you can kind of predict it based on the fact that he's so chaotic, that it's going to be something chaotic. Can, with Carol, because she's so shifty and calm, you don't know if it's going to be something really yeah. can, like yeah. her husband. Can, can we highlight very quickly the fact that... I think this sums Joe up perfectly. The fact that when one of his employers gets their arm ripped off, his immediate response is to run back to his room get his personal paramedic jacket on and then run straight to the gift shop and notify the people in the gift shop that one of his employers has just had an arm ripped off and that he would be happy to give them a discount or a refund. I'm sorry. Before even line, checking the employer. <laughs> the line, I'm never yep. going to financially recover from this. <laughs> yes. That's it's such a meme. It's such a meme, but it, I, I just remember pausing it and laughing. It's got to be the meme of the year. So, um, but okay, another COVID. question. Um, the, the meth, the meth husbands. Yeah. Um, yep. Both straight. Yeah. Um, just in it for the meth. Gay for gay meth. Gay for meth. Or, because there's a lot of people that are like, they're being abused. I think no. to a certain extent, but also they're doing it for the drugs. Yeah, it's, a, it's a bad relationship. Yeah. It's a toxic relationship. But they're doing it for the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for them, especially the guy who like wasn't allowed to leave Travis, mm. and then shot himself. Mm. That's uh, yes, but also he's a complete fucking idiot. Especially when when we're introduced to the campaign manager cuz yes Joe Exotic had a campaign manager because he was running his presidential for run Oklahoma governor and also presidential run um, i think that that guy Travis is an idiot cuz he used to they were talking about or, or the um the the campaign manager was talking about the fact that Travis would often walk around with his gun and would always always be aiming at someone normally aiming it at their head and having a laugh about it. And then mm. um, the campaign manager mentioned how he just used to casually, well, it started off casually, but then got serious. Yeah. He'd always demand that Travis stop pointing that gun at his head because he doesn't know what would happen. To which Travis said, oh, there's no there's no bullets in it. Or it's not, not live ammunition. You can't do anything with it. Everyone's fine. Relax. Don't worry about mm. it. Um, and the campaign manager kept stressing, stop pointing that gun at people to which Travis just kept doing it and then we all know what happened so did he try did he kill himself or did he just point the gun at his head and then he just pointed the gun at himself because he was like because the campaign manager and again because it was on security footage we've seen that clip now where the campaign manager once again said stop pointing that gun at my head or stop pointing that gun at people Travis started talking about the fact that it's not live ammunition you can't do anything with it put the gun to his head and went look see and then shot himself and it 
fired because there's ammunition in it and it blew his head up or head off. Jesus. So I do not think it was intentional. I think that the swipe Travis was probably probably depressed and having a rough time. The drugs were keeping him going and keeping him afloat. And therefore, I don't think he would have been trying to kill himself. And then, yeah, he shot himself in the head. Again, he'd been pointing that gun at people. He could have just fired that that trigger. And this time he did, and it was at his own head, and it killed himself. Well, Joe Exotic's first husband, he's not the only one of Joe Exotic's husbands to die. Um, Joe Exotic's first husband... Brian, um, yeah, Brian, uh, he <laughs> had AIDS in the eighties, which also makes me wonder, did Joe Exotic have AIDS? Cause he probably shouldn't have been having sex with the amount of people he was having sex with. Mm. Um, but Joe, Brian, Joe and Brian were together from the eighties. Um, and they... Uh, were together for a very long time and until he died of HIV complications in 2001. And apparently yeah. Joe was, um, he was having like, I don't know what exactly, but he really needed to get to the hospital. He was dying. Joe put him in the back of his truck. They were out on the road and he died in Joe's truck. And mm. that's, kind of apparently when Joe started becoming really crazy. Which That'll yeah. do it. Yeah. Makes me wonder, because everyone said he was eccentric before, but he wasn't as bad. And then this kind of tipped him over the edge. That tipped him so, over between that and the loss of yeah. his brother. Yeah, yeah. But um Yeah, apparently his Brian was also nineteen years old when they met. But I think Joe must have been mm. young too, because it was in the eighties. Yeah, Joe would have been in his twenties or thirties. Joe's been trying to recreate I don't know. that. Ever How since. old is he? No, he's in his fifties now. He's in his fifties. Yeah, so he would have been in his twenties. Yeah. 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 So Yeah, and then he also had his second husband is uh in jail for murder and pedophilia. Yep. Yep, um, that's JC. Then Mm -hmm. his third husband, Paul, which we never see in the documentary, but he was in, he was still around during Louis Thoreau's time at, um, the zoo, GW, Mm. GW Zoo. Um, but he is never on camera. He's never got photos of him or anything like that. Um, no one really knows what happened. No one really knows how he came about, but he was around the same time as John. And then there's obviously John and Travis, who John is now married with a kid and he has a whole brand new set of teeth. He also has a Facebook page, which I follow now because it's interesting, where he shows a lot of the good things GW Zoo did, which... I don't know how that makes me feel. I don't know what that is because on one hand, yeah, that, like some of the stuff they're doing is like one of those make a wish things for kids. Like these kids want to hang out mm. with tigers. So they take t- uh, tigers and it's not just for kids too. They've got like adult ones as well. Um, but on the other hand, uh, uh, yeah. Look, looking at, looking at, looking at GW zoo, um, or GW exotic, exotic zoo, yeah. I think it is. Um, um, the Louis Theroux one kind of it, it does a good job at kind of filling in the blanks in some ways um, it's interesting on the on, on Tiger King I think at the very end I think at the very end of the series they, they have Joe talking about you know he has what was it a chimpanzee that he released and it was just you know he was talking about did I did I suppress their ability to that's so sad that moment free? yeah yeah, yeah, and and so it talks where he's like trying to come to terms with did I have I done the wrong thing this whole time? I never intended on doing mm. that, but have I? Um, and then there's the Louis Theroux documentary where then it has him talking about that and being like, um, or not necessarily just him, but some of his other employees. In fact, at one point they're doing the um, the, the the business that makes them a lot of money, which is them with the truck driving around and you know the moving moving zoo basically mobile zoo i should say yeah. um where the person who was in charge of that 
basically wanted to stop the interview and said, no, I let, we're not continuing. I'm not, I can't say anything more because she was basically in a corner where she, she had to admit that the animals aren't liking this and this is purely for money and nothing to do with the benefit of the animals. Oh yeah, I remember that part. Like, yeah. And she got stuck and she couldn't say anything more. She had nothing to say to make us believe that this was a good thing for the animals Mm. because it wasn't. And so, um, uh, Joe Exotic, there is no doubt about the fact that he um, was not doing this for the support of the animals. He was purely doing this because, you know, even things that he said in the Louis Theroux documentary, which were contradictory. For example, he said, um, these tigers will never be tigers. These are zoo tigers. These ones will never know what it's like to be in the wild. To which then later on in the documentary, Louis said why are you breeding them? And Joe said, well, it's for when the tigers run out in the, the wild, we then have tigers that we can release. And it's like, you just said that these tigers can never be released. You know, yeah, what are you sure. talking about? Kind of thing. Um, apparently this so guy Joe, I think, murder. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, exactly. Shows the delusion in that kind of idea. But, but I think that Joe was doing it for financial gain and, I think that a very small part... I think that he views these animals as pets and, and, and that kind he of thing. Does. I think he originally not, did love not. the animals because like, they show photos of him yeah. when he first met someone yeah. before he bought any, when he met someone with a tiger and he was playing with them mm-hmm. and hanging out with them. I think they probably definitely started out as a, how cool would it be? Like all those stupid ideas that we come up with when we're drunk or something where it's like, how cool would it be if we, you know... Owned a winery. I don't know. Um, or had a podcast. Like some, yeah, or had a podcast. And it starts yep. off with something where it's just a bit of a joke. And then all of a sudden it becomes a serious thing. Mm. And, you know, you have a hundred and something tigers that you have to feed every day. And you have to go and get Walmart's um, offcuts and expired meats. Because oh what else are you going to do? Oh, God, I can't believe that was a thing. Oh, my God. Joe started out with the best intentions. It's the same thing as, you know, the fact that he had... Jurassic Park. He had... Yeah. Well, again, he had had ex-cons working there. He gave them a place to live if they did some work for him. Yep. But it just... It went... It went bad and became about the money. Again, probably to fund the drug... um, Yeah, to fund the mess. ...habit and usage. And I think that's what Um, makes the documentary so compelling, too, because they basically just... Because his, his world became like a tumbling rock down a hill. It just keeps mm. gaining speed. Mm-hmm. And that's what yep. happened in the documentary. It was like, starts off really slow. And then you're like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. When did we get to 100 miles per hour? Yeah, it ramps up, doesn't and it? Then, and then, but then it's funny that exactly using that analogy, you then get used to the fact that you're plummeting at a high speed. And then, so when more and more things happen, you're just like, oh yeah, and then this happened. And you just get so comfortable with the fact that this can only be going yep. badly really fast. Um, and again, then we then we compare it to, to Carol Baskin, someone who seems yep. very, very... who seems to have... to be genuinely fighting for the animals. But as you get Joe's view on it and she has smaller cages than she, than he does. And she has so many tigers hidden out the back that she doesn't let be seen. And she, again, did she kill her husband? You don't know about her. She's just seems less genuine. And she has an entire workforce for her working for her that is only there as volunteers. They get paid nothing. The other guys, everyone else in the documentary, pay their employees or their lovers or whatever, awfully, but they're still getting paid. Carol doesn't give them housing, food, or any money, and they are purely volunteers, and they have to work hard in order to progress to become higher-up volunteers, but still volunteers. And she sells tickets. And she gets money off her Facebook and her socials, Oh, and she doesn't and pay her workers. Has... Hey, hey, all you cool cats. Yeah, and they're all does... volunteers. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, I wish. Oh, well, I actually do have a recording of you saying that now, so that's great. I will use that in the future. Lovely. But um, yeah, no, all like you cool but... cats and kittens. <laughs> that's the best. But like, <laughs> plus she had the millions from her dead husband. 
that she stole. Yes, that's she stole from those kids. Like her husband's kids got crap, like nothing. Mm-hmm. And she got all of the money for murdering someone. And that, like, there's, who, mm-hmm. how else did he disappear? Like, if he was that rich, why wouldn't he have taken it with him and got when he went to the? Well, you I mean, I mean, again, it's it's uh, Puerto Rico, Cuba. Yeah. Like um, but it's but it's even it's even the the collusion in the or the the look the apparent collusion or alleged collusion in the police. Um, investigation the fact that they found his car at the airport and then they chose not to look into it or look at it or investigate it and then drove it back to carol's place left it there for a week without being checked and then decided to investigate it and have a look at it obviously in that time she could have cleaned it like she just they just gave her so many chances to be dodgy oh well um, her brother was a sh- her so brother just... was a police a officer, officer wasn't he yeah well, if my brother was a police officer and I killed my husband, that's the way I'd do it. Call him up and be like, yeah. "Hey, Justin, help me cover hide up a murder." Exactly. That's and that's the thing. It's like you you kind of what what are you meant to? How are you? Like it it was such a poorly run or executed investigation that it makes it hard to believe that she's not guilty. Again, it's look. It's like. Well, yeah. Again, it's in some ways it's almost like the Trump impeachment thing, where you know he says he's innocent, but then completely hid anyone being able to testify at all, which if you were innocent you wouldn't do, but he did, and then he turned around and said, uh, "Look, I'm innocent," and it's like, yeah, but it wasn't a very fair trial, so clearly you were high, and you made it not a fair trial. The Carol Baskin case, she made it seem yeah. and made it work very much in her favor at being collusion. So it's like, well, you can't say you're innocent because we'll never know because you fudged it. Okay, okay, but but seriously, how does Carol Baskin's husband believe her? Oh, he's because he is a weird, whipped little guy that likes to be held in a leash. I can't. I couldn't yeah, stand watching he... him again by the end of it. I was so sick of hearing his sanctimonious bullshit. Like, no. So I've I now also follow, what are they called? Big Cat Rescue. Um, <laughs> Hang on. I got really into this. Let's be. What real. about what about the the Big Cat Rescue Entertainment? No, they don't exist. Oh anymore. yeah. Um, oh. I looked them up. Um, yeah, all, <laughs> of, all of their. I, yeah, I have a. I, yeah, I I know how to look up ABNs and ACNs of in all different countries or whatever their equivalents are. Um, so I checked it out and yeah, they've all been defunded and what have you. Um, or I don't know what it's called when you collapse a business. Um, whatever. So defunct. Defunct. Yes. There you go. Um, but yeah, so I looked, I, I, yeah, I follow big cat rescue and what's the husband's name now? Something Baskin. Howard? Idiot number two. (laughs) Whatever. Um, him, he posted up a video where he basically was like i'm very upset with how the netflix documentary portrayed us and blah 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 and and i just watching it i was just like i don't know what she does for you but like it's not worth it man (laughs) i was just watching it whatever it is (laughs) whatever it is like you you gotta you can get it it can't be worth it you can pay for it I mean, if she goes to jails, someone's got to get her money. It's going to be you. Wouldn't that be the final irony? <laughs> oh. After she stole the first husband's money. That would be funny, actually. Somehow he ends up with it. I would like to... This. Oh, sorry. I would like to know what happened to all the lions that are just on her property that you never see. Yes! Right? Oh yeah. my god, yeah, because they counted only a dozen in the park or something, and apparently she had, what, ten times that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I don't know, I don't know, I I, I just can't believe that this these are real people, and all this really exists. Yeah, it's insane. And the amount of attention that this thing has garnered since that, um, to be the number one, the long, I, th- I think it's the longest running number one show on, on Netflix. Since Making um, a Murderer. 
since making yeah. a murderer. Um, oh, that it was is good. The, it is the the attention that this is, has gained, the fact that they're already, there's an additional episode in development, the fact that there's a movie being cast at the moment, like, they're absolutely running with this because this is a goldmine and people cannot believe that this um, exists that, that, to this that level. That movie thing, it's actually a TV series, apparently, with Kate McKinnon, and she's producing it. Yep. Bring it on. Uh, there's yeah, also I... one other thing that happened today, which I was saving for this very moment. Yes. Yes. Trump announced that he would look into pardoning Joe Exotic... But he's just got a first look over the case. Yes. Which I find hilarious because yes, in the indeed. middle of coronavirus, that's exactly what he should be doing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's got to be, he's gotta be true to himself. <laughs> it's quite clear to me that during coronavirus, what? while all of this is going on, Trump has... There's nothing serious enough. Trump has been making announcements based on what his team has said. And in the meantime, he's been kicking back watching Netflix. That's what I've understood. No, from no, no, it. no. But it's, but it's funny. He hasn't watched it yet. It's because his son watched it and made a comment on it and said, he thinks that Joe Exotic was treated a little bit aggressively in terms of his his prison sentence, and so Trump said, "Oh, I'll look into it." Because what? Who? Which son said it? Was it Don? It was Don. Okay, I'll look <laughs> into it. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, come on. That's that's hilarious. Yes, oh, <laughs> indeed. Um. I think we're at that time. I think so too. As as always. Um, yes. Continue. No, I was just going to say exactly what you were saying. So please, you go ahead. I mean, I th- I thought I'd give you a break this week. You know. Um, look, you. As, as always, if you would like to chime in on our conversations, be a part of our conversations, contradict our conversations, or just you know come here for the lulls. Feel free to drop us a line. Um, contact us at Joe Exotic at Kenton. No, no, please don't. <laughs> Imagine. How no, funny um, would it be though if you could get Joe Exotic to come on the show? Oh my god, what a coup, Philip! I think I think we're gonna have to try and reach out to him. Reach out to the prison then. Okay, no worries. I think so. We could get an exclusive with the Tiger King. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I kind of want to. I kind of want to try that. this now. Um, look, as always, if you want to be a part of the show in any way, shape, or form, please feel free to contact us. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We are on um, you know all the podcasting platforms, and they have our details as well. Also, when you are listening to us on one of these, please subscribe, like, rate, share, tell your friends about us. Um, as we are nearing the end of our show, it is that wonderful, magical, special time where we give away the most prestigious of awards, the Sick Kent of the Week. And we've got a somewhat uh, special one this week who is not at all obvious. Philip? Well, we're giving it... I, I don't know. I think let's have a discussion about this. Let's let's see who our nominees are. Um, okay, because I can't remember what we decided before. All right, all right. Is it Joe Exotic? Is it Carol Baskin? Is it the poor campaign manager? Or is it everyone? <laughs> or is it the creators I don't, of? The I don't remember his name, but I think it should be the dude who decided to do a random documentary about reptiles and then uncovered a murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor man that got stuck in the middle of all this chaos. Yes, we don't want to give it to the guy who... running the harem. <laughs> or the man who got in his car and left. <laughs> <He> was... <laughs> Just packed up. He was so sad. I can't remember his name though. Was it Rank- he was. Rankin? Yeah, I think it was yeah. Rankin. Renkin? Renkin. Yeah. I don't know. I think he should get it because he just he, him driving off with his dog in the car was just so, so sad. sad. Um, Drew, yes, your opinion. Uh, I, I kind of want to give it to the campaign manager after after we were talking about it previously. Um, yeah, I know because he he because he I think had the the line of the series for me for Sarah and I. He had the line of the series, which was he just stood there and said. It was the worst <laughs> year of my life. 
having to be there with Joe. And yeah, and I think that says it all because you can just imagine what this guy had to go through of being around the chaos of it. The way he had to give his... Joe had no, you know, opinion on, on policies, so therefore he had to just give his own opinion and make it his own. And oh, it's just chaotic. And then, of course, the fact that he was there when Travis shot himself in the head and you just see him s- sitting there in the chair with his hand in his mouth. Oh, and also the other moment of the series, just after he delivered the line, um, it was the worst year of my life. Yeah. It showed him take a massive drag on <laughs> on an e-cig. And that I've never so seen funny. someone cough so... What a weird thing to have. It just showed him breathe in, just... And then... Do you, do you think the director <laughs> suggested he do that? Or maybe he decided it would be good for dramatic effect to take a drag and then the cough was just unintentional and they let the camera roll for I it? Think, I, th- I think that they... The moment he coughed up like that, I think that it was decided that would never not make the documentary. <laughs> Can you imagine him right afterwards going... That was always going to make it. Make, make sure you cut it as I take the drag. Yeah, that's not oh, going to yeah, be yeah, there, yeah. right? And they're yeah, going, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. no his, worries. His name is Joshua Dial. I had to look it up. And I think the funniest part about that is he spent a year with meth heads and he still didn't know how to smoke. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. He, there was... Absolutely. At no point was there a night where they just sat around smoking together. They never did anything. Well, as campaign manager. <laughs> true, true. Can, can we also give so, an honourable mention to whichever producer decided to put that, um, the the footage of the ginger on the jet ski that just went on for like a minute? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whichever and editor his hair, was like... his hair just wisping in the wind as he went on. <laughs> whoever was like, hey... I think I don't remember his I think his name was James. Yes, James. He was like hey the perfect James. Cut scene. Hey, we we just need to get some like normal footage of you. How about you go on that jet ski right there? <laughs> like what the fuck? James, so I think could you show think, us a typical day in the life, please? <laughs> so I think we can say we've got our sick end of the week, which is our 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 campaign at yep. And then we've got a lot of then we've got a lot of honorable mentions. There is Producer who decided to put Old Maid on a, on a jet ski. Oh there is Joe Exotic. There is Carol Baskin. There is Renke, or um, Renkin, our, our um, television show creator. There is... Who gave us the fantastic footage of Joe sitting on a throne. Um, the Tiger King. There is... There are the Tigers. And, uh, oh, yeah, um, Tigers. So they are, hang on. They, they do. Yeah. One more honor- honourable mention... The Carol Baskin look-alike in the music video. Yes, Absolutely. I thought that was what a look her. That was. I was so a little confused. bit too yes, trippy, like especially because she was wearing the Fantastic exact same effort. outfit in the documentary. I feel like there must be a shop in <laughs> yeah. town that just sells those outfits. <laughs> Carol Baskin clothes. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, guys, yes. on the back of that, that extraordinary show Ooh. and that extraordinary chat. It is now time to end. Um, I thank you, Drew, for your insider knowledge on, or your <laughs> knowledge at least on um, uh, Amway and the pyramid schemes. Pyramid schemes and or not um, pyramid schemes. Bianca for for yeah, and Bianca for bringing up that thought before we recorded about pyramid mm. schemes. Ooh. I thank you also for your knowledge and your insider additional info. Thank you. Um, into Tiger King, and uh, yes, but ladies and gents, audience, that was our episode on Tiger King as well as you know us pigeonholing some uh, pyramid scheme talk into there as well do join us next week when we talk more about more things and stuff (laughs) and uh, perhaps we can touch on the fact that my beloved The Last of Us Part 2 has been delayed by that uh, those assholes at Naughty Dog. And yes, we will. Uh, Bianca, I can see your I can see you just head in the hands there let's just ready to talk about that next week hey uh, Bianca Yes. Bianca, how do we end the show? Oh, I keep forgetting. Oh, for Christ's <laughs> sake. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>